words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This morning we have for a topic, change the way you think. Change the way you think. The biggest diseases of the world today are the diseases of the mind. The biggest challenges of the world today are the challenges of the mind. The mind is the epicenter of what is happening right now. The biggest victories of the world today is also the victory of the mind. The biggest economy in the world today is the economy of the mind. So from the mind emerges all of the best ideas that don't exist in history books. From the mind of man emerges all the beautiful thoughts that create a tapestry of a beautiful life. From the thoughts of man emerges every defeating thought as well that would change this man and make him incapable of stressing himself. I've seen the best and the brightest people fall into depression. And sometimes you think like, oh, is it money you lack? No, they don't lack money. Is it, is it friendship you lack? No, they don't lack friendship. In fact, what they do is they shut off their phones from all their friends. They know many people care about them, but they don't want to care that many people care about them at that time. So everything we normal people are trying to have, they have it, but still doesn't bring them joy because their mind tells them you're not okay, you're not enough, you're not good enough. We've seen this with Hollywood stars. There's a guy, uh, George, George Sanders, who wrote the best suicide note I've, I've read. He said, dear world, I am leaving because I'm bored. I think I've lived long enough and I leave you with your sweet worries. I live with your worries in this sweet cesspool. And then he drank whatever and, and died. His mind told him that there was nothing more to live for. His mind told him that there was no joy to be had from living. His mind told him that that's the end of existence. His mind told him, his mind tied him up in defeated thoughts. And the man himself could not shake himself from his mind. He became a slave of his mind. Could it be that your mind could be wrong? Could it be that your thoughts is not everything? Could it be that what you think about may not just be the right thing to think about? And that's why God said in the Bible, change the way you think. Let's repeat it again. Change the way you think. One more time. Change the way you think. Hallelujah. Amen. So this was our topic and we'll put it out on social media this week. Change the way you think. So let's read this together. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. One, two, go. So change the way you think and act and turn to God so that your sins to have your sins removed. So, reading from another translation, actually, that word change the way you think was actually translated as repent. It actually means change the way you think. Let's read this again together. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Next verse. And he shall send Jesus which before was preached unto you whom the heavens must retain 
until the time of the restitutions of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. It seems like since the beginning of time the prophets began to declare something. They began to declare coming day. They began to declare coming season. They began to declare coming time when the grace of God would be readily available. The prophets of old began to speak about another day, another part, another time when the power of God would be available. The prophets of old began to look into the future and prophesy what was to come. But then the people of earth get stuck. The people of earth get stuck in their imagination. The people of earth get stuck in their thinking. The people of earth get used to their own ways. And as a result, they enter into dryness. So God sends a word again in the book of Acts after Jesus had come and gone. He said, adjust the way you think. Change the way you think. Repent and be converted. And your sins may be blotted out. This repentance, the repentance. Who was Peter talking to when he read this scripture, repent. He was talking to Jews who were sons of Abraham already. So the sons of Abraham need to repent. I don't think it was from their sins as much as from their paradigm that drove their hearts. It was from their thinking. If you can adjust your mind, if you can shift the way you think God is like, if you can move away from your ideology of God, then you can begin a true journey, was what God was saying. Hallelujah. So, we, this way of thinking in our own generation, we have a lot of it. And I'm going to spend some time, because I don't want this message to be something I say in the air. I don't even want to preach. I just want to convey an idea to you guys. And so, when we, right now, when we have slow music, what do we think it is? It's peaceful. It's peaceful. Yeah. Don't worry, be happy. The landlord said your rent is due. If you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. We think like it's peaceful. But why are you not supposed to be worried if your rent is due? Just forget about it. One day you wake up, if you forget about it, you wake up one morning and you'll be outside plus your load. <laughs> so it's selling you a false sense of peace, right? Okay. What of loud music? It's rowdy. You understand? I didn't understand loud music until I came to Lagos. I was an R&B guy from the northern city when I came to Lagos. Then we did a concert, and my senior pastor said to me, we're going to end this concert with Fuji music. I said, no, never. Because as far as I was concerned, Fuji music looked, sounds to me like people hitting headpan. No headpan. That's what I hear every time I hear it. I just hear like disproportionate sounds and disjointed music, and I just wonder like, oh my God, like someone really listening to this and enjoying it. And they're talking drum, gung, 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 gung. I just like, what's going on? Like, for real. I didn't know. Until. But I just trusted him, like he's the senior pastor. So let's allow this idea to fly. I fought him, but I just let him. And then. 
when they will reach that part of the concert. And the talking drummer, his name was Taiwo. I met him yesterday. Very good guy. He just came out. Gung, 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 gung. Everybody stood up. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Everybody just went. Their body was moving. The rhythm. I was like, oh my God. This man was right. <laughs> I had no idea the power of Fuji music. Everybody was disrupted. <laughs> I had no idea that Fuji music was that powerful. But guess what we feel? If you don't know, you think it's rowdy. But in there, there is a soul draw. There's a connection. There's a vibration that is the African soul. There is something that connects and agrees with the African man that makes him to move his body. But if, if a white man hears that music, you think, oh, come on, how rowdy. <laughs> Take the guitar and play. Jesus says, the one man now. I wanna say, yeah, yeah. When we see confident people, what do we say? That they're proud. When we see someone who has a different opinion, what do we call them? Haters. When we think like, want to find tranquility, want to have peace, what do we do? Yoga. We think that's peace. But that's not peace. That's a pseudo form of peace. It's a lying peace. And you play the music in that room when you go outside the noise outside is waiting for you peace must be deeper than that tranquility must be more engaging than that at work what are we told we're told even if it kills you never cry if you cry at work everybody will know that you are Ah, you are a helpless case. Oprah Winfrey said, don't ever let them find you crying. Never show weakness. Never appear stupid. Be brutally scary. Be an enigma. Let people never know. Let people never see you finish. If they can see you finish, they've unraveled you. Do you understand? Cover your tracks. Don't ever admit that you've done something wrong. Look for a positive way to say something bad that happened. Isn't that what we're told? This is a principle for surviving in the workplace. Let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about these things. I want us to read the next scriptures together. Let's read this together. One, two, go. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward. I can hear you. Read it. One to go. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory. By reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant, he became human, he humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. This is so crazy. 
this against everything we are taught that Jesus Christ reduced himself to the form of a lowly servant. Is that what we're told? Never allow yourself to be small. Never allow yourself to be undermined. He humbled himself and became vulnerable. He chose to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death. He didn't die an honorable death. How many of you have been praying this prayer? God, I will not die a shameful death. You know, we think like some death is glorified and some other deaths are not good deaths. I will never die for, like I said, I will never die like a dog in Jesus' name. I will everybody scream, Amen. You will not die like a dog in Jesus' name. Everybody will say, Amen. There is no dog's death. All death is death. And all the disciples of Jesus Christ, none of them died a proper death. This is our pattern. This is our example. Let no one fool you. There's a paradigm that tells us that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, yeah, we're just going to disappear and we're just going to lie down and just sleep. And we glorify some kind of death as if those deaths are superior to the death of a missionary whose head was beheaded. Do you understand? It's not the type of death. It's what your life represented that matters. This is how you change the way you think. Let's go on. So here, let's read this again together. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. All like the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. Develop well-formed maturity in you. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 in the message version. Honestly, there is a paradigm that drives the whole world. There is a thinking that runs the, the human universe. There's a thinking that runs our societies and our clubs. If you went to Ikoi Club, there's a thinking there, or Metropolitan Club, or, or Lagos Motorboat Club, or any of the clubs in Lagos, there's a thinking that runs it. If you went to organizations and businesses from the big 12 banks in Nigeria, there's a paradigm. If you went to the telcos, there's a thinking. If you went to the oil companies in Nigeria, there's a thinking that drives it. There is a paradigm that you must have to function and to be optimum in those organizations. And none of it is the paradigm of Christ. This is coming to year end now. Many organizations are going to be doing AGMs. And you're going to see these directors and EDs, right? Do you know what they're going to be thinking about when they go for their AGMs? You know what they think about? Who gets most money? Number one, who gets the best room? And who gets the best hotel? Who gets the window view? They're constantly about who gets what? Positioning. Now, I'm not saying positioning is not important. Jesus was positioned. Then he 
laid it down. I'm not saying you shouldn't be positioned. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I'm not saying you should kill your ambition. No. Jesus was positioned as the biggest and the best, but he laid it down. This is a new way of thinking. That your position doesn't become intoxicating to you. And the power you have as a pastor doesn't become a tool of oppression of other people. That the grace you have to know what God is saying doesn't become something you used to slap people in the face. That the unction you have doesn't become an oppressive tool by which you control and manipulate. Change the way you think. Don't ever put yourself first. Don't ever be dragged into the immaturity of the world's level because there is a way the world thinks. Even Christian practice, there's a way Christians practice Christianity. John chapter 5 verse 39 to 40 says, you pour over the scriptures thinking in them you'll find eternal life. But these scriptures testify of me. But you refuse to come to me so you'll find life. So there are people reading the Bible now thinking, oh my God, what's the new idea? What's the new technology? Let me get some rev. But Jesus said, when you read the Bible, it points to me. Come to me and I will show you what the Bible means. It's not more powerful. But we're reading the Bible trying to get the idea. Meanwhile, the idea of the Bible is Christ. How come we chase after the idea and we leave the spirit of the Christ? Number two, we pray. Matthew chapter 6 verse 7, Jesus said, When you are praying, stop babbling like the unbelievers who feel that if they can pack in more points, they will be heard. You know, some of us feel like if we're the loudest shouter in the prayer meeting, our prayer will go straight to heaven. Some of us actually feel like, ah, we like that scripture where the Bible says, bring your strong points and bring your argument. Feel like we're just going to tell God, God, you know, this thing you did is wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you how. In section, this subsection, this of the Bible, this is against your way. And we feel like once we block God into a corner, then God will now do, God will just say, ah, Neka, you're right, you're right, you're right. We've blocked God. We've actually hemmed him in. That's not the point of prayer. God says, when you come to me, drop your agenda. Going to your closet doesn't necessarily mean location. It means wherever you are, going to your closet. Drop your agenda. And even right now, right here, you can go into your closet. You can actually just close the door on everyone observing. You can just close the door on this moment and close your eyes for a minute. Can we practice it? Just go into your closet right now. Just go into your closet. Said, I remember you said you'll never leave me. And in times of trouble, you will be my friend. Sometimes when doubt and fears try to steal my faith, then I'll just run to you. I'll run to you. And I just set aside the troubles of this world. I fall in love with you again. And I just 
of this world and fall in love with you just that whole one minute of just locking out the atmosphere you enter into a holy place all of a sudden you knock out everyone and you are now standing before God God wants your prayer to be submission he wants it to be release he doesn't want it to be a fight a wrestle between you and him he wants he doesn't want it to be your strong points your strong argument no it's for you to come and take his own mind and wear his own thoughts and and become the mind of God and become the thoughts of God God wants you to pray his own mind rather than your own thoughts when you pray don't think like it's by your many words or by your powerful prayer that it be that you came with a genuine heart looking for the heart of God that's what God desires in the hour of prayer that's the one way to change the way we think so sometimes when we worship you can open your eyes now I know some of you have already gone far come back <laughs> so worship outcomes you know why we sing the kind of songs we sing here there are other songs how many of you know this one now my heritage, this one now my culture, I go follow you, follow, follow you, go. Do you understand? We can do that all day. But guess what? Many times I find that many people don't when many people don't even think about those words. The mission play those songs easy, you can get sleep. So I bring music team and I will bring you songs that have words. Words for you to immerse. And if you are lazy, honestly you won't be able to catch our worship. If you're lazy, it's better for you to close your eyes. But if you are actually, if your mind is working and you're looking to connect to words with God, you'll find our worship very insightful. you find it a lot more meaningful because we give you a lot of words to use to connect you to God. Because worship is not just the rhythm of the music. It's not just, mm, hi, it's sweet. message was very hot. Hot! Woo! What the pastor preached? I don't remember. But it was hot! Aye! 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 Fire! Worship is not the rhythm. Worship is what your heart is saying to God. We give you an opportunity for your heart to say something to God. Worship is what your heart is saying to God. So change the way you think. When we come to God, we're looking for encouragement to keep on going where we're going. But God doesn't want to give us encouragement. God wants to give us strength. God wants to substitute just a nice pat on the back like you've tried. Many of us, what we're looking for is for God to tell us, oh, you tried. Oh, oh, you just so tried. Oh, Mr. Derenle, you tried so much. You tried. But God is saying, no, I'm giving you capacity. When you come to God, where you're living, you're supposed to be living with a roar. What's a roar? Ah! Power to do more. Grace to reach beyond your highest goal. What an encouragement for you to party around. God wants you to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in your inner man. The power God wants you to have it. It's not just an encouragement in the lily liver things you're doing. 
It's just not for God to come and tell you, oh, I see your trouble. I see what you're going through. Sometimes God does that. God is a nice father. But sometimes God tells you, stand up. Stand up and be a man. Stand up and be a woman. Take more capacity. Preach to someone this morning. Say, Lord, the God is telling me to tell you. The Lord is telling me to tell you. To stand up and be to get some liver on your inside. Touch them, touch their tongue and say, to get some liver on your inside. To, to get some stamina, to get some strength, to get some courage, to get some life. God is trusting you to be more, to be more. When you come to God, what God wants to do is not just to give you encouragement for all the troubles. Today, He wants to give you power for you to rise up and go. For you to get the grace to God. And when Elijah met with God and he ate the food, he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights until he arrived in the mountain of God. When God gives you a word, what he wants to give you is something that you can journey with. It's something that you can box with. It's something that when the enemy comes against you, you have capacity on your inside. You have strength on your inside. All of a sudden, that little little girl wakes up begins to back against the enemy and say, enemy, bring it on. I am coming in the strength of Yahweh. All of a sudden, that weak person becomes a strong warrior, becomes a pusher in the spirit and begins to back up what the devil had planned to knock them down. Because what God intends to give you is better than encouragement. It's courage. Courage to Joshua. Only be strong and courageous. Moses is dead. Now Joshua, you arise and go forward. What is weird? Kill somebody's boss and tell the person, stand up and go forward. It was crazy. One day God told Moses, take Aaron, bring Aaron here. I'm going to kill him. Moses took Aaron to the mountain. God said, Aaron did not honor me before the people. God told Moses, remove Aaron's priestly garments. I don't know. Like, see, you and, you and I were brothers. Come now. <laughs> so he's Aaron and I'm Moses, obviously. <laughs> so we go up to the mountain. He's my other brother, you know. So all of a sudden, God says to me, I should remove the garment he's wearing. At that time it was a dress. So I just grabbed the dress. Immediately, Moses put the Aaron's garment off. Guess what happened? Aaron slumped and died. And God says, bury him here. Don't tell Sister Rita. Don't allow her to cry. No crying for Aaron. I was like, what? That's what happened. Do you know, like it was weird for God to do that. But it's the way he thinks. Is the way he thinks. Some of the things we think are normal are not normal in the spirit. Once you start operating by the spirit, you will not be like that again. So get in the spirit. Change the way we think. Let me give you some more examples, some more practical examples. We are programmed to think that these are the things to aspire for. We are programmed to think that these are the things that you should live for. We're programmed to think that these are the things that we should go for. Number one, read it out. 
Number three is this still the same as number two. But there are so many examples, I just have to choose choose only two. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, that's the real person. <laughs> this is your highest goal, your highest dream. Or uh, this, this guy's already married, by the way. <laughs> but, but this is I mean, the whole idea that we've been fed that if, you are, if your life goes along this trajectory, then you're good, you're sorted. This is the thinking that the people who have these things are superior to everyone else. This is thinking that this is what we live for. This is our biggest goal. It's our highest aspiration. But the problem is that sometimes God may have other plans. And when God has other plans, that's when we have problems. We have problems with the other plans of God. Why can't why can't we marry Bolande? Why can't we drive this? Why can't we leave here? What's wrong with it? Nothing is wrong with it. If you can afford it, please buy one and invite me for the ride. <laughs> but it is not worth it for you to sell your soul. It's not worth it for you to sell your soul. God has other plans. What are the other plans of God? Sometimes we have this idea that we can never lose the plan of God or that God is cutting us off. Both of them are extreme. God never cuts us off with our redemption. And sometimes we also have this idea that we can never lose God. But sometimes the Bible speaks about the time when grace runs out. When God has been holding on for so long and we don't respond and God withdraws. And then we now have to enter into a new season. The Bible says, where there is no vision the people perish you know what that means the people enter into a cyclical will of lack of progress until they enter into self-destruction when we can't see what God has in store for us we cast off restraint we don't pursue anymore we're not resilient and consistent as a result what happens to us that we enter into a place where destruction hits us. Vision helps us to keep on going. To know what God has put ahead of us helps us to keep on journeying. So, it's not about losing God, and it's not about God cutting you off. It's also about the journey of God with you, where God wants to take you to. So, many times, our judgment on ourselves is that we are failing if we don't get those things. Do you understand? We never learn walk. If we haven't arrived at some particular level, that's in Nigerian English, never learn walk. It's like you haven't arrived, you don't have much, you don't know what this is, right? We don't have time 
to spend with time wasters. We feel like many of the people around us are what? Time wasters. So we don't have time for what God really wants us to be about. We don't know that somehow we change ourselves. We should change ourselves. So this quote is from a book and the title of the book is As a Man Thinketh. He said, the mind of man is heaven and hell. And in the mind, man can create the thoughts that make him to go to heaven and be righteous. And in the man's mind, he can create thoughts that make him go to hell and be buried in hell. But he glorified the mind too much. It's not the mind. It's the spirit that controls the mind. The Bible says to whoever you submit your mind to, you will become his servants. Whether of sin unto unrighteousness, without righteousness into the human mind is not free. The mind is under a particular influence. So let's read this. So the body is the servant of the mind, obeys the operation of the mind. Whether they be deliberately chosen or automatically expressed, the beating of unlawful thoughts by at the beginning of unlawful thoughts, the body sinks rapidly into disease and decay. At the command of glad and beautiful thoughts, it becomes clothed with youthfulness and beauty. This is true that as you think, so you are, because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But the, what he missed was the fact that the mind itself is not a demilitarized zone. Your mind is not free. Don't believe you are free. No one on earth is free. Tell that to your neighbor. No we are all programmed daily. We are, we are students of programming. What you believe is actually what someone taught you or something you read from somewhere. Banging your hand on your chest and say, this is who I am, is actually a result of programming. Your mind is not independent. Your mind actually mops up information from around the atmosphere and around the environment. Let me show you matter-of-factly a few ways in which your mind has been doing that number one okay let's read this one on this side one to go when you start seeing your words you find it harder to stay around people who don't how many of you know that that's a, that's a big instagram post a big pinterest post and a big paradigm that everybody has this day but look at what the bible says in romans 12 verse 6 Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be as mindful of one another's worth as your own. Don't live with a lovely mindset thinking you are too important to serve others and be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Meanwhile, this is exactly the opposite. And many times we are pushing what is exactly opposite what the Word of God says. It says when you realize your worth, you will never allow anyone to put you down. Remember what the Bible says, humble yourself. Don't even think that your worth is more than anybody else's. The exact opposite. Can I give you another one? Okay. Let's read this together. Don't give 100% of yourself to someone who is only giving you 50%. Before you know it, you will be empty and they'll have enough of themselves to pass around. Who said this Anthony Gaskins Jr., right? What does the Bible say? If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give them your coat also. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry two miles. It's the exact opposite of what everybody's saying. 
people are saying that, oh yeah, it's actually okay for you to pre protect yourself. Don't give 100% to someone who is only giving 50. It's actually the base of all relationships these days. Many people are dating, this is what they say, I give 100%, this guy just never gives anything. Like she gives, she gives, he gives 100%, she never responds, she, you know. I'm not saying that people should not respond, but I'm just saying what God's yardstick is for us. Look at it. It's go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. For someone who will not do it for you, go. It's totally crazy. It's happening. So when we say change the way you think, people think like, well, actually repenting from our sin. No. There is a way that the world is wiring you to begin to think that is antithetical to how God wants you to think. So we don't know, but gradually we are lapsing into this whole idea, protect yourself, keep yourself, you know, love yourself. The Bible says no man yet hates himself. Even depressed people, they don't hate themselves. They love themselves so much, they can't believe what's happening to them. And as a result, they want to destroy themselves because they feel like the best idea of themselves is not what is manifesting before their eyes. So what's there to live for? Can I give you one more before we go? One, two, go. Let's read on the left, on the right, I mean. You are allowed to terminate toxic relationships. You are allowed to walk away from people who hurt you. You are allowed to be angry and selfish and unforgiving. You don't owe anyone an explanation for taking care of yourself. But look at what the Bible says. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. You guys see that? So when we say change the way we think, it's actually a mind adjustment back into the God way of thinking. What is the God way of thinking? Do you know, I've heard pastors even preach that eagles don't fly with chickens. Eagles fly high. If you want to be an eagle, you must hang around with eagles. Fair enough. If I'm an eagle, I'm hanging around the chicken, I think the temptation will be high for me to eat the chicken. <laughs> but Jesus was an eagle, and we were all chickens. If Jesus did not leave his eagle ship and come for chickens such as us, all would have been our hope. Jesus walked with a man in his camp called Judas Iscariot. Every day, Jesus knew this man is the death of me. Do you think Jesus didn't know that the man was corrupt and stealing money? The man did not have any plans for Jesus making progress. Anytime Jesus was becoming famous, Judas' Iscariot was jealous. A nice lady just happens to pay Jesus some attention. She brought out her long hair and, and broke the alabaster box at the feet of Jesus Christ and was wiping his he see it and like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, then I still love him. She can literally do that for Jesus. Guys can see you easily do that, right? But Judas Iscariot was having none of it. 
how much money was that? He asked. He converted into money. Like, ah, this thing is worth two million naira. Like, ah, come on, Jesus. Like, just for a moment of pleasure, Jesus, you are taking, we can give this to the poor. How many of you know Jesus never needed money to give to the poor? Every time he arrived at the poor situation, he knew he was the miracle worker. But the people who hung around him kept thinking about how they can make things enough. Every time they think of that conservation, you don't know the power of God. Every time you're thinking, oh, we're whinging about one naira, like, I don't have anything, but I live in such abundance. You know, I'm never going to wake up tomorrow and say, what car am I going to drive? Where am I going to go? Do you know, I don't do it. I don't do it. Because I entered into a revelation of what Jesus lived like. One day they came to him. They knew he doesn't have money. Judas Iscariot's purse was empty. Somebody knew. And they came and met him and said, Oga, pay your tax today. Lagos State Internal Revenue Board caught, caught up with Jesus and said, pay your tax. Jesus said to him, hold on. Come back 2 o'clock. He told Peter, you, Peter, you are a very good fisherman. Pastor I.D. Peter. <laughs> Go to the water side. The first fish you catch there will be a gold coin. Wow, oh my God. <laughs> so, who put the gold coin there? Since when did the gold coin enter there? That fish must have swallowed the gold coin from an old uh, ship fall or something, whatever. That he swallowed the gold coin. Now, Peter arrived at the waterfront through his first rope there and the first fish he caught had a gold coin and the value of the gold coin was able to pay all their tax. They never leave worrying how we're going to take care of the poor. One day he got to the poor place and he said, oh, there were 5,000 people all over the place, women and children everywhere. And Jesus said to Pastor Fred and Pastor <laughs> and Pastor Zena, Jesus said to both of them, and Senatly, let's feed the people. And they said to him, like, oh God, even all of our salary, even we're fishing for six months, we can't feed all these people. Jesus said, Does anyone have anything here? They brought him five loaves and two fishes from a little boy's lunch, and they said, What is this? Jesus lifted up his hands and said, Separate the people into hundreds. Hundred, hundred, hundred. Broke the stone, broke the bread and the fish. And give to them. And they say they should start distributing. Fish are multiplying. Meanwhile, we are told that we should we should reserve ourselves, otherwise we will finish. <laughs> we don't know the abundance of God. Do you know that when you encourage others, you get encouraged? Yes, sir. Do you know that when you stand with someone, you get stronger? Yes. Do you know when you see someone lifted up, you get you get you get some energy rush? Do you know that when you lift up another person, grace comes for you? Do you know you never deplete by giving? Do you know it is more blessed to give than to receive? Do you know you never run out by having a toxic person around you? You will show that person how the grace of God works. 
Jesus lived with Judas Iscariot until his dying day. And when Judas Iscariot finally betrayed him, Judas Iscariot's eyes opened and knew that this guy has been good to me every single day. This guy knows what I am like. This man knows that his love stayed with me. That's why he had to kill himself. He couldn't handle it. I killed a man in whom there is no guile. Judas couldn't take it. But Jesus outbested. Is there any English like that? Bested Judas. Do you understand? Jesus did better than Judas. Can you do better than the people around you? Amen. Can you do better than Amen. the people in your world? Amen. Can you do better than the haters who come for you? Can you do better than them? Can you hold a mental position of positivity when people malign you? Can you hold a mental position of love when people despisefully use you? Can you hold a mental position of power when people want to put you down? Can you hold a place of grace when everything people have in mind against you is negative? Can you stand up and be strong in God when everything around you is hating on you? Can you stand up and have a mental position, a, a change mindset, a mindset of strength in God, knowing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was just like this. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we're thinking, when we're thinking about it in conclusion, here is the living quadrant of the person who has stinking thinking. Say it, stinking thinking. Here's the quadrant of that person. So this is the place where you preach to someone. These are your words. Ask them, do you discriminate against others? Are you toxic? Are you anxious? Are you fearful? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I want to preach to you. These are the dangerous thoughts to nurse. Oh, you guys are so scared of each other now. Oh my God. Pastor Fred, these are the dangerous thoughts to nurse. Are you toxic? Are you fearful? Do you protect yourself all the time? Are you resentful? Do you complain and gossip? Do you whine about brokenness? Do you discriminate against others? These are actually the things that people immerse in. This is a normal human everyday thoughts that people immerse in. But as you begin to journey with God, something happens to you. Let's read this scripture one more time. So change the way you think and act and turn to God that your sins will be removed and when your sins are removed how do you begin to think the last slide let's declare declare this lift up one hand and say and start from here start from here I'm, I stand with others I live in good company I am into ideating and planning I am a solution provider I'm forever reconciling people. I am at peace. I'm at peace with all men. I am confident. I am trusting. I am a healer. I am a temperate man. I am loving. I am open. I love people. Look, say this in your own way. Just close, just lift up your eyes one more time and pray this. Pray these words into your life. This is who I am. I live by the Spirit. I 
stand with others. I forever find myself in godly company. I'm always ideating and planning. I'm always thinking about solutions. I am a solutions provider. I'm currently reconciling people. I'm at peace with all men. I'm at peace with my enemies. I'm confident of this one thing. And he who began a good work in me is faithful to commit to complete it. I trust in the Lord. I do not trust in man, but I trust in man based on the grace that God gives to me. I am a healer. I touch people. I restore the hurting. I am temperate. I am gentle. I am meek in the spirit. I am loving. The love of God flows from my heart. I am open to people of all types. I receive grace. I receive life. I receive power. In the name of Jesus Christ. So Lord, we change the way we think. So Lord, we alter our thinking. So Lord, we adjust our minds. So Lord, we don't want to just pray over ourselves and forget to pray about the hurting world. So we don't want to just love on ourselves and forget to love the people who need love the most. So Lord, we don't want to just live selfish lives, oh God. Help our minds to journey. Help us to adjust in our minds, oh God. Take us to another place of praise and glory. Give us your power. Give us your voice. Give us your words, pure words that take us from here to the next stopping place of your glory. And when we arrive, may we arrive in power. May your glory light our paths. May everyone in their hearts be full of courage. Say amen. amen. May everyone in your hearts be full of courage. May everyone in your hearts be stir up. May your spirit man rise up to do what is right. May we adjust the way we think. May we never think like the world. We take our everyday eating, going to work life, and place it before God as an offering. We do not adjust ourselves to the pattern of this world. But we take the grace of God. We take the spirit of God. We take the unction of God. And we pour it on our inside, oh God. We receive enablement today in the name of Jesus. We have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.